Hey, what's going on? Thanks for checking out the cast as usual. Um, I want you guys to do me a favor if you can. I want you to go and send me an email, jakecutsfresh at gmail.com, no underscores. I want you to tell me what you want to hear on this. I have some ideas, but I want to make sure I'm hitting what you want. I mean, this thing's for you. It's not for me. So a little note about this episode, Strictly Hip Hop. It's Barber Life Podcast, the hip hop edition with my man Steve, who's been on here a bunch of times. Hope you enjoy it. Thank you. This is for all barbers, no matter your age, race, or status. Barber Life. Yo, what's going on? This is Jake, jakecutsfresh.com. I got a recurring guest. You've heard him before. I got my man Steve on the line. What's going on, Steve? Hey, thanks (laughs) for having me back on. Yes, sir. So we decided, we were talking uh, over the week, and we decided uh, as two hip-hop fanatics that we're going to do a little hip-hop edition. Um, Just talking about, you know, hip-hop in general. So a lot of cool stuff going on with that right now. you know, so why not just, you know, barbering's everything for us, but, you know, music's right there, too. So I uh, yeah. f- figured we'd rap about it, man. So what have you been listening to as of late? Um, I, what about you? The new West Side Gun. Sure. Um, that, Pray for Paris. I can actually look at my recently added tab. Let's see. A, a lot of old large professor. Yeah. For some reason. A large. lot of Prince Paul lately. And yeah. Then, uh, there's a new Thundercat album that just came out. I know he's not a rapper, but he's like right there. Um, yeah. The new album from Knowledge, that producer. Well, yeah, I want to hear that. Is he is he rapping on that? or he's... No, he doesn't really rap. It's okay. Beats. All right. And then... um. Oldie James, that new one with Alchemist, that's good. That's a good album. Yep. And then I always listen to a lot of Alchemist production, and then Mac Homme. I've been listening to a lot of Mac Homme lately. I mean, that's yeah, that's kind of. But yeah, a lot of Prince Paul lately, and a lot of Large Professor. Strange. You know, it's been a really fun thing for me. My younger son, my six-year-old, is getting. He's just obsessed with hip hop right now. It's like so odd. Like he's he just took a kin to it like I did. And, you know, he wants to watch people make beats. You know how Mass Appeal, you ever see Mass Appeal's Rhythm Roulette thing they did on YouTube? Yep. So, yep. you know, I know like Large Pro don't swear that much, so I put his on, you know? And I was trying to explain to him how important Large Professor is to hip-hop. And it's like, you know, a lot of people, I don't know who knows what, but there, you probably would never have had an Illmatic without Large Pro. You you probably wouldn't have had you know he brought him around he 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 knew Nas he knew the people Nas knew and Search got a lot of credit for you know bringing him around too but you know um, I, I always I always called myself the large professor of barbering because <laughs> it's like yeah you you may not know me but you'll know the people that I'm responsible for eventually you know um, now that's great man yeah, large pro so is that who you started listening to like who how like what got you into hip hop so. This this is a funny story, right? I actually got into hip-hop when I was around five, six years old. I was living in northwestern Rhode Island in a, a little hick town called Boroughville for a few years because my dad got a job just over the border in Massachusetts. So we were living out there for a few years before we moved back to Mass. And 
this was like the hair metal era. And nice. my good friend from school, his older brother was in like a hair metal band. And I think they were called Road to Ruin. And his parents didn't care. They were just like, I'd go over there and they just let us watch MTV for like hours. <laughs> so we liked all like, you know, we liked like Motley Crue and like, and like Black Satin. No, I don't know about Sabbath yet, but like uh, more, more hair metal. And that shit is so fringe now when you look back on it. But we liked metal. We liked Metallica. Yep. Metallica was probably the big one, right? And then I'm at his house one day in the walk this way, run DMC and Aerosmith video came on. Nice. And then I was like, after that though, I was like, that's it. Like I still liked metal, but after that, I was just obsessed with hip hop. Right. And then we would drive a lot of the time on the weekends back to Massachusetts to go visit. Um, my parents are from the same town. We'd go visit my grandparents on the weekends a lot. And we would drive through Providence. And Providence was absolutely bombed with graffiti because this was like the, like yeah. early to mid 80s to like the late 80s so then I would just start drawing graffiti on my like you know like on my notebook at school like I had no idea that the graffiti thing was also involved with the rap thing right. and I didn't I didn't realize that like hip hop was like a you know like a art form that emerged from like you know poverty in the black and Hispanic community I had no idea because I was like a white kid living out in the suburbs right. I, just, I was so young I had I had no idea Right. I just lo- I just thought it was so dope. So yeah, I kind of got into it from there, and then Public Enemy was the next group that I got like obsessed with. Yeah, like, but it was a- it was a little late because I'm a little younger. So it was like the Fight the Power video. Yeah, and I was like, this is so dope. Like you see Flavor Flav dancing around, and like I was like, this is so dope. So from there, it was just getting whatever I could, as far as like little like hip hop duels like here and there. Yep, and then. Once I got a little bit older and found college radio, and then one of my friend's older brothers was seriously into it too. He was listening to everything. He was into like, he put me on to like Miami bass, like DJ Magic Mike. Oh yeah, and okay. And I'd go over and, and, my, and my friend and his brother were a couple of rich kids and they had like a crazy stereo in the basement and they let them have everything. I went over there in the, in the same week and I heard Onyx, Redman, <laughs> And there was one other album I heard. I think Doss Effects all in the same weekend for like the first time. And like that, that was just it. We were just like, it was just on from there. That was like probably fourth grade. Oh, wow. Okay, good. Wow. Yeah, I was, man. I was like really young, dude. Really young. So then after that, this is a funny, funny story. I got so obsessed with it. I had my birthday party. And I remember people being like, what do you want for your birthday? And I gave my friends a list of cassette tapes I wanted. Every <laughs> one of my friends came over with a different cassette tape for me for my birthday. And like fourth or fifth, I, I got, I got Das Effects Dead Serious that day. I got Food Smith and Death, You Don't Take It Personal. Uh, I, I got like, I no, there's no way I got back the fuck up that day. There's no way I had that. That wasn't making it into my house. Yeah. But I got like, I got so much stuff. Like I had so, I had all the tapes. I had everything that came out, in that I would just save my allowance and go buy tapes. Yeah, yeah, same. that's how I got it. That's how I got into it, man. That's same, same with me. I gotta, I gotta just comment on the fact that my water heater just came on, which sucks because <laughs> I'm in my basement. So, eh, excuse the background noise. You know, we can do it. a little bit of, hey, you know, talking about hip hop. This is how it starts. You know, it starts uh... a lot of time in the basement. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, very similar for me. So I'm, I'm, so I'm 41. How old are you? I, I just turned 39 yesterday. Okay. 
That's right. That's right. Happy birthday. Um, so, yeah. So, we're like a couple years apart. So, so, same era, though. So, same thing. So, it was like, I think, I think I was in third grade. And I was walking home. I had to be in third grade because this kid, Joey Doncaster, rest in peace, he passed away in 94. He he was he was um, walking behind me. We He lived down a street from me. And he was walking behind me with a boombox playing um, the first, um, I don't know if it was the first, but it was that Fresh Prince, Jazzy Jeff with uh, Parents Just Don't Understand and uh, all that. So he was playing that. And I was like, what is this glorious sound? Like, what is this? And I didn't have the balls to talk to him because he was way older and he was just a big kid. You know, he's only two years older than me. But, <laughs> you know, and I was friends yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. I was friends with his sister, too. Like, that's the stupid part. I was friends. His sister, Jenny, was, like, one of my close friends, too, all through grade school and, and junior high. And I was just, like, afraid to talk to him because he's just such a massive person. And, and I didn't want to ask him what it was. But then, like, my neighbor down the street, he's like, hey, have you ever heard of Fresh Prince? I'm like, I think so. I think that's what I was listening to today. He's like, yeah. He's like, my brother just got the tape. You got to come over and listen to it. And um, so he, he had that, and then he also had license to ill. And so same thing. Parents weren't around. We're in the basement. He's showing me all his dad's yep. guns. <laughs> he, knew, he knew the combination of his dad's gun safe. This is like typical 80s, like, suburban stuff. Like, you know, middle upper middle class families. His dad had this huge gun safe, and we're listening to license to ill, and he's pulling all these friggin' this huge magnum and <laughs> all these hunting rifles. <laughs> Check this out. And uh, I was just like, man, this is crazy. Like, I just love this. And that, that's what it was. It just, I became obsessed with it, man. And that that's, you know, that's like how my son is right now. And he, you know, he's just, he's so cute. It's so hard to say no to him. But I got to say no. Like, he wants to, like, make beats. And he wants to, like, do graffiti. And he wants to, like, and he's like, and I'm like, yeah, and there's also breakdancing. Like, oh, breakdancing? I'm going to learn that, too. Like, he... <laughs> <laughs> like I, yeah. I i remember feeling that way you know it's just fun but yeah man and then you know fast forward i mean how many times were people like i know like you're like of portuguese descent but like do your parents speak portuguese like are you that portuguese no. No, <laughs> okay I'm not. so so my i'm portuguese on my dad's side my mom's irish right? okay so i i think my father could speak probably very very basic like phrases from what I understand, my grandparents kind of intentionally did not teach him and his siblings. Okay. And I, it was more like, uh, we're in America now, we don't need this anymore. Okay. And it was also a little bit of, we're just going to talk like this in front of the kids and we don't want the kids to know what we're talking about. Okay, right. I've been around long enough for both of my grandfathers were in World War Two. Wow. So I think because... They, they kind of, my grandfather on my dad's side came to this country when he was very little. It was like, yeah, we're Americans under World War II. Like, they, they weren't really doing, I, like, the Portuguese, Portuguese thing. I tend to think that people that came after World War II are probably more likely to still speak Portuguese. That's just my theory. I can't prove that either way. Right. But it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I was just curious Most because... my friends didn't speak Portuguese either. Okay. Yeah, because not that it makes a difference, right? But... Definitely growing up in the suburbs, if you really, like, I was super into hip-hop. Like, I didn't just, like, like to listen to it on the weekends or like to listen to it before a game. Like, I was, like, obsessed with it. And it was completely the, you know, the race card all the time. It's like, why? Like, that's the black that's the black thing. And so I thought that, like, you know, if you spoke a different language, you had a different upbringing, like, you kind of got a pass. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, ah, well, he's kind of Spanish. Well, <laughs> you know. Or whatever. Yeah, a, a, a little bit, I, I would say, but then there, there was a funny man because, like, I had a couple of friends that were into it 
And then I'm the one that went stupid with it and it kind of became my whole identity. And it's, it's crazy to think back that people, like the older metalhead kids would give you a hard time, yeah. you know, for being into hip-hop. And it's like, we're looking now where it's like, nobody cares anymore. Right. It's like, it's like I hate shit for all the kids that listen to Eminem now. Yeah, same. <laughs> same. I you know, remember... Like it's, it's kind of... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I was just saying, it's just funny how it's like changed so much now, like... Yeah. Now it's like, it just, everybody listens to rap to the point where it's kind of, it's, you know, it's, a, it's, it's like not really special anymore. It's not, but that's actually a good segue because I feel like it is again because people are like, yeah. you know, like so many kids that so many people that I talk to that are like our age are like, I, I don't know. I, I, I stopped listening to hip hop pretty much after like the last Tribe Called Quest album. Like, not the last, last one, but the one, like, the love movement. You know what I mean? Like, around yeah. around that time. I was like, around the last time, the, the last Beastie Boys album came out. Like, the last real decent LL Cool J album came out. Like, 96, basically. Biggie died. Like, the la- like Red, Red Man, Method Man weren't making music really like that anymore. And, like, it just wasn't a thing. But what I've been telling people is, like, nah, it's still really special and really good. And just like the 90s, early 90s, late 80s, you got to know somebody who knows somebody who knows who's good. Like... Like, I want to hear, I, you know, I, like, I couldn't wait for the source to come out so I could see, like, the unsigned hype because then I would know who's going to be next. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I wanted to know all the underground stuff, and it was really special in that way. And I felt like I was part of a of a club. I was on the inside track to this thing that none of my friends knew about and nobody in this town knew about. It was my own special thing. And I feel that way again, honestly, because when people are like, oh, hip-hop sucks, I'm like, have you listened to Griselda? Like, who's that? And I'm like... Just look up Griselda Records. You know what I mean? And then they're like, and I'm like, what? So what I've been listening to is I'm I'm obsessed with Ito. Have you ever listen to Ito at all? Is that E T O? E E T O. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I heard the record he did with Paul. He's good. He his. I I almost would compare him to like a prodigy, and not in the way. He's not as artistic. With his, with his rhymes and his flow. But as far as that that street admiral, that street cadet kind of thing, where it's like about respect and principles, and this can't fly, and this won't fly this way. This is how it goes. And, and like that OG status, even from a young age, no matter your size or your age. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is yeah. how things are run. But he's very much in hip-hop. He still makes his own beats. You know, well, I mean, he raps on other beats too, but he did a project called... Um, Oh man, what the hell was it called? It's uh, he did a project with um, Willie the Kid, and V Don produced the whole thing. And I, I, why, oh, it's called Heather Gray. Anybody who's listening, including yourself, if you you got to check that album out. That is like some just superior street shit. Like, just know, like Willie the Kid is a guy who's been good forever. Yeah, and has never really like gotten his due. Yeah, like he, I feel like. One of the things that's tough about him is that he has, I don't know, at least on the albums I listen to, he has a lot of features. It's mostly, it's yeah. almost like a producer album. You know, it's like, eh, you know, like the stuff he did earlier, like I have a few of his mixtapes from like 2011 and they're really good. And it's just him. And then Nasty and I was kind of, I thought he'd kind of be the next one up, you know? Um, but I, I do like him. I think his flow is, and his voice doesn't have staying power. It doesn't like, I don't think of his lines later. I guess is what it is. Right. Like I, I don't. I don't right. like. 
I, I think he's dope, but I don't like recite his lines later. Like, yo, how did he do that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, so I, I really like, I like that. I like, I like Flea Lord a lot. That's like Ito and Flea Lord. I listen yeah. to like constantly. And that's I tell people that. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, Flea Lord. Like, Flea, Flea Lord? Like a flea? I'm like, like Flea. Like, just look up Flea Lord. Like, I don't know how to tell you. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> just go check it out. You know? He reminds me a lot of Prodigy. Yeah, well, he's from that kind of... He's from... I don't know if he's... I don't know. Like, his whole thing was, like, Infamous Mob for, in the beginning. And then he kind of got... Where Zelda, like, took him under their wing. And now he's kind of doing that yeah. thing <laughs> all the time. But... um I've reached out to him on Instagram several times and he, he hollers right back and he's like really appreciative and just is like, seems like a great dude. And when I went to that Griselda show back in, um, I think it was February, he, uh, he had lost his voice the day before and he still came out and just mustered up the energy and did like five songs. And like, he was, he was like ecstatic to be on stage. He was ecstatic that people knew his shit. You know, he was like a real, like, he's like a real dude. You know what I mean? Like, he seemed like a very real person. Awesome. Yeah, and that, so that's, you know, I like that, man. But, um. It's, it's crazy how much East Coast hip hop has come back in, like, the last two years. Yeah. And I, I was late to realizing that it was back. Because, like, I always checked for Rock Marciano. Yep. But then I didn't, I didn't realize that he kind of gave birth to a whole new era of people. Like, um. Agreed. I honestly think that if he wasn't around, I feel like, it, although they sound different and they've collaborated a lot, I feel like he kind of paved the way for Griselda. Yep. And, like, like indirectly, but he kind of ushered in that whole scene. He was the first guy to start making beats with the drums dropped way low. Yep. You know, everybody's doing it. I know. And, like, that, he changed the game. Like he really changed the game. He, he to, like, brought people in the last like eight years or so. He brought in a, in a, in a really interesting direction. Um, my man uh, King Arthur is a rapper, and I used to work with, and yeah. still friends with from uh, Framingham. He, you know, he he put it to me like this: like this, it's like a way, it's a new wave. It, it's minimalist street shit, minimalist crime talk. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's real simple. It's a loop, or it's just dirty ass drums and street tales. And we're eating it up because it's reminiscent of 93, 96, that era of, you know, the NPC beats are back, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's not. Yeah. There was a little time there with the Trackmaster beats and God, I never liked Swiss beats. Ever. I never no. was like top five of all time. People are talking about Swiss beats. Like, I'm like, are you talking about the fucking Panasonic keyboard guy? Like, that? <laughs> are we talking about the same guy? Like, what's great about his I music? Over time, I feel like he got better. But when he first came out, I wasn't a huge fan of that stuff either. No. Like, I I actually listen, I can listen to it now. I'm cool with a lot of the old, like, a lot of, like, the DMX stuff or whatever, like, old, like, locks. Like, that stuff was cool. But, like, by and large, I really didn't like a lot of those beats when they were first coming out in that era. Like, it, it was a totally different sound, and I just didn't like it. Yeah. Like, it, you know, I actually thought... By the time he got to the point where he made his own solo album, that one man band man, that album was actually pretty okay. Yeah, I don't think I even checked I, it out. I think I just wrote, <laughs> I wrote yeah, him off. Yeah, I, I actually interviewed him in Texas for Underground Hip Hop, and he was wicked cool. Really? Yeah, that's yeah, true. So you have that whole lineage too. Yeah, so that's that's very interesting. <laughs> oh man, yeah, like uh. 
Quest used to illegally host the underground hip hop servers out of my dorm room at Northeastern my sophomore year. <laughs> like, <laughs> but he, I made him do it from my roommate's computer, so my roommate started getting all these notices from like the Northeastern like IT department because they basically realized we were running a business out of the room, and he would like pay me with CDs. Like, I'd be like, Quest, I want that Jay's own CD. I just ship that here now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I go back and all those dudes. Yeah. Did, yeah. Well, we used to go to South by Southwest. We hang out. And then a couple of times, they were just like, nobody, like, who's going to interview this guy? I'll be like, I'll do it. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> right. That That's one thing I, I think is very interesting about you, man. You're not like a starstruck dude. Like, you'll talk to anybody, no matter what their status is, just like you're talking to me. I think that's a very good trait. I think it's, you, you're going to do what well. Oh, yeah. I don't care. I, I'll tell you a funny one. I probably I could have got punched in the face with this. I walked right up to Ghostface in the whole Theodore unit and just said what's up to them <laughs> on the street I, so we were in South by Southwest and somebody's like there's Ghost but I ran right up and I was like what's up Ghost and he just looked at me goes, where the bitches at and I, <laughs> I, go, I don't know, that's, you know. <laughs> and like yo and like now I probably wouldn't just pull up on Ghostface yeah. so like at the time I, I, like, I was like a 25 year old idiot and I was just like I don't care what's going to do punch me like now I'm like dude what you can't punch me like <laughs> Right. Yeah, they kind of bothered those days, like just walking down the street. But so, they, they were actually cool, you know. I, yeah, I don't care. I'll talk to anybody. I, I really don't care. I, I'm trying to think of like who. I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean that's interesting because I'm I'm like uh, I say it okay, but realistically, like I'm a starstruck dude. Like when I meet barbers that I really respect, like at CT, like I'll bump into someone. So I'm like, oh, you're this guy. Like, yeah, like oh, it's cool. I really I like I. I like what you do. It's really okay. <laughs> and then I walk away because I'm like, I don't know what to say to this guy. Like, I get weird. And, and, yeah. and, but, but I don't know. It's, it's different. So, so let's get into this a little bit. So I know you work for Amalgam and DJ Next. And I know, I knew DJ Next pretty well for a couple of years. We were, we, were, we, we hung out a good amount and I did his radio show and stuff down in Dartmouth. And, um, but, oh, yeah. but so the underground hip hop thing, how involved were you with that? I didn't know you were involved with that. Undergroundhiphop.com. If anybody knows about that, it's a huge site. Well, I never, I never worked for them, but I was, I was pretty friendly with all those dudes. So basically I got to, Got to college. I got my radio show. Um, Papa D, who owned Brick Records, also did a radio show at my station because he had gone to Emerson. So he did 88.9, but then when he graduated, he still wanted to have a radio show because he was working full-time at uh, Landspeed, okay. which was like the, the record label then. So me and him hit it off. He's still a very good friend of mine to this day. He's like He's like my older brother. And he got me like an internship down at Traffic, which is basically I would go in there and act the same way that I act in the barbershop, which is I basically just act like a maniac for a few, few hours. But yeah. I wasn't getting paid. I was just, I just paid in like records and like, I'd be in the office like hanging out with Cormega and shit, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Who owned Traffic? Who so, owned Lansfeed or? No, tra- Traffic. Was that um the dude from not, uh. From Joe Mansfield, yeah, that's exactly who it is. So I could be getting this wrong. So Landspeed was the original distributor, and that was in that big office in Quincy. I don't know if you ever went there. No, um, I, ne- I never did, but I, I know they had bigger names, and I didn't know how to break yeah. in. When I was making music, I had no idea how to do business of music at all. Like I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I didn't bother to learn it. Yeah, you're probably better off. To be but um, so Landspeed was really a distributor. You know, they would distribute brick. 
they would distribute a lot of other records, like a lot Cox. of other stuff that people wouldn't even. Yeah, so it was kind of like Cox. So this guy Bob Perry, who was like an industry kind of a heavyweight guy, and I believe he ended up over at Cox and E1. I don't know if he owns it or whatever. Pretty much owned Land Speed. I think Joe Mansfield might have owned part of that. Okay. Or it was just like way up high, and, and like Sean C from Vinyl Reanimated, like because I always know it was like Bob Perry, but Bob was in the New York office a lot, and then Sean and Joe would hold down the Boston office, and then eventually Landspeed kind of went out of business, and it re came out as Traffic. They had some owners. A few years later, they reshaped it, and Paul Matt from Framingham and Papa D came on with Jim Mansfield, oh. and that's who owns Traffic now. Oh, okay. You know Matt. I know Matt really well. So, yeah, well, yeah. Not, not not so much in the last fifteen years, but um, one of the coolest things that ever happened to me in my music career was that when I went to Framingham State, I had just put out like a single, and I was passing it around to everybody that would listen to it, and I had my name JDO written like graffiti on my backpack, like a huge marker graffiti thing on my on my bag. And I'm in this like random ass. I used to go the 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 furthest bathroom away in the library to take a dump because I didn't want to be in the oh, midst cool. of everything, right? And I'm walking, yeah, yeah. I'm walking out, and this kid's walking in, and he's like, "What's up, my guy? Like, hey, what's up?" And he like turns around, he's like, "Yo, are you JDO?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "I just heard your single." I'm like, "Holy shit, it's happening! It's happening! People are recognizing." Yeah. <laughs> so we just hit it off, and so uh, him and this kid Vic. Um, uh, let me see. What did he go by, man? Oh, I'm really bad with names, bro. I'm really bad with it. Shit. I, he's going to kill me if he hears this, man. My man, Vic, he, he was a good friend of mine. I met him, too. He was a commuter, too. And so we were in the commuter calf, and so was Matt, because Matt was from Framingham, and we all used to meet up. And um, they took me around to a lot of kit, a lot of houses in Framingham, a lot of house parties, rocking the mic and all that stuff. So, yeah, I know Matt pretty well, man. He had um a little record store in Framingham for, I don't know, a couple of years or something. But, um... Yeah, so so him and Papa D, you said, took over traffic. Yeah, him, Papa D, and Joe Mansfield. I okay. don't know like what the structure of it is, but I know that he's the current owners of uh, traffic, to my knowledge. Okay, which has actually relocated in in Malden now, down off Maplewood. Okay, and, I, so, and yeah, that's where they are now. Then Matt started that get on down thing, which was incredible, and I don't know if that's still yeah. going, but. Yep, it's, yep, yep. And that's actually, and then Get On Down is like a stone throw from the barbershop. Oh, no shit. Yeah. yeah it's, that, that's like right down the, that's just the other side of Union Square from us in the Bow Street Market, which is, um, oh, no, 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 no. I'm thinking of Vinyl Index. Get On Down. Yeah, Get On Down is sick where they do all the reissues. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of um of uh, Vinyl Index, the store, which is near the shop. Okay. But that's all the same people, too. So that's, yeah. um, <laughs> 7L. Peter from The Good Life and Jeremy, formerly of Underground Hip Hop. And then I don't know what Matt is. I don't think Matt is involved on an ownership level, but he's there. So he's always been hanging out. I've run into him a bunch of times over there. So it's, it's crazy, man. It's like the same crew of people that are still doing stuff. It's, it it like, is amazing, later. man. I know as a young music, as a young rapper, I wanted to get down with Brick Records. That was like all I wanted to do. Like, I want to be Mr. That was the label. You know? And, and I ended up dealing with Papa D. Um, on a promotional level, I forget his company that he had then. It might have been Traffic, but he was, you know, putting records in record pools. And um, you know, he was he was he took my single and he put it out there, and we did good. We got like we had like number three in like college charts for like a month, yeah. and it, it was like the best feeling. I was like, okay, this is gonna work. And then I don't know, like like I do with everything, 
in my life that's awesome. I get all the way to the finish line. I go, all right, this is cool. Instead of finishing, I go, hey, I could have finished. It was right there. So I know I can do it. And then I walk away. <laughs> you know, and it's like, I never got the glory of actually finishing something. So, um, now, did you, did you ever do anything with get, with get a life? Yeah. Tons. Yeah. So is that, was that Mateo's company or who, yeah. ran, who ran the show there? Yeah. So that, that, that's, that's just strictly Mateo. That's, that's gets, okay. um, so get a life entertainment was him and Jackson, um, Jackson yeah. being, being his main artist. Now I met Jackson when I was like 15 years old because of the barbershop. This is all, it's funny how it all dude. hip hop and barbering will forever shape my life. So that's how I met, yeah. that's how I met you because I used to, 100%. I used to make rhymes. I used to write rhymes and, and do, do shows and, and, and hang out with, um, with Peen all the time with the uh, general store, you know? And, yeah. and then he was like, yo, my boy, Steve, I'm all, he just went to barber school. You guys should, you guys should talk. I find it on Instagram and that's it. So, yeah. So, um, I met Jackson because I used to go to Blacktop Barbershop in Framingham. It was the only place you get a fade. This is, these are the guys that sent me to barber school. These are the guys that showed me the ropes. Um, and right, you know, a block down was Hip Zeppi. Do you remember Hip Zeppi? Yeah, so the original Hip Zeppi was in Framingham, right? I believe so, but I'm not positive. But there was one there. I, I think it was. Okay, so there... was never in Boston. Okay, so I didn't know which one was the first one. But we used to go there all the time. And that's right when I got my license. So it was like, it was on. Like, we would just get our paycheck. We would go to Strawberries. We would buy the music that came out that day. And then we would go to get the new jacket, the new Maurice Malone. Uh. <laughs> Maurice Malone jeans, the academic shirt, and, uh, you know, uh, FUBU just came out, and, you know, these kind of things. And this kid that worked there, this kid Jackson, we were talking, he was playing um, uh, a Creators um, song, which I was down with Creators. It was XL, G Squared, Jason, Big One. They had a big song called Home. Um, yep. And so, so I ended up um, going, yo, I know that that's my people. And, uh, oh, really? You, you rap? Yeah, I rap. Well, then spit something for me. So with him and his kid Button, uh, Kamara, and I spit something. I was nervous as all hell. And they were like, yo, you can flow, man. You got to come. You got to come hang out. So meet me down here tomorrow. I get off at four, whatever. So that was how it went. And that's when I met Al. Al that's when I met, I mean, uh, store, you know, uh, I met God forbid, you know, um, that handsome devil. Oh, the, the legend. Yeah. So Chris Opal, I got freestyle videos of Chris. Uh, well, God forbid, doing freestyles in my apartment in Framingham in like 1998, 99. And uh, Father Time, who became the Alaskan fisherman, him and Chris. Um, you know, uh, Thurston Howell used to come around all the time. I never chill with him, but he used yep. to come around all the time. Um, it's just a weird little scene in, in Tall Matt and Vic. And, um, you know, so I met Getz through Jackson. They came up to my house one time. I, I used to have a house party every Friday. And um, we used to get on the mic, and then um, it got broken up a bunch of times. So they came up like around one o'clock in the morning. It had already been broken up twice. So I was like, "Look, man, no, no, nobody's coming in anymore, man. We're done." And uh, and I, I I remember seeing Gets by at that time he went by DJ Scarecrow, and um, so I ended up bumping into them in front of Joy Luck Club downtown Framingham, and it's a Chinese restaurant. They're open to like two or three in the morning. And uh, I seen Getz there, and I was like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, we gotta, we gotta definitely link up. Anyway, fast forward a couple of years, and um, Jack was like, yo, I'm living over with, with Mateo now. You should come by. Um, I said, man, I just started recording again. Like, I'm getting really serious. This is like '05. I got like super serious. Like, started putting out mixtapes every couple months and doing stuff, you know. Um, and I hit it off with Getz because he would be up 
I, I, I would be up till four or five in the morning working on something and he had pro tools. So I would call him up at like three 30 and be like, yo, how do you get this to do that? And he'd be like, um, he's like, fuck it. Just come down. I'm like, come to your house right now. You live with his parents. <laughs> and he'd be like, yeah. I'm like, all right. He's like, don't knock. Just come in. I'm like, all right, cool. So I would, I would go there. Like I'd get there at four o'clock in the morning. I'd stay there till like six, go home and sleep for two hours and go to work. And that's, that was my dog because we were always up late. I could just stay there as late as I want. I could call him anytime. And like, it was, it was crazy times, man. It was very, very fun though. It's just, you know, it's a small, it's a small state, bro. So we're like, we're all kind of like in it together, you know, but yeah, 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 yeah. It, it really, it really does unite, man. The hip hop, man. It's just unreal. So I didn't realize that you were that, you know, I knew you worked at Amalgam, but so after traffic, is that when you went to Amalgam and all that? No. So I kind of, so traffic, I never, I interned there. Oh, I okay. Know everybody. And I graduated college. And then I had my little one-year foray into trying to have a real job, which was working at uh, John Hancock. I went to California, and then I hated my job. And next was like, well, if you come back, you can work here. Then I worked there for a while, but then that kind of ran its course. And that was kind of, after that, we were like, me and and two of my buddies were putting out like um, streetwear. And then we started, we made one last run at like putting out some records. We put out these kids called like Immigrants. Mm -hmm. And then we put out a bunch of punk rock stuff. and stuff actually did pretty well, like, locally, you know? But that was, after that, that was kind of it. But, like, yeah, so I was always kind of bouncing around. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of, like, the long short of it, you know? Yeah, that was very interesting, man. We were right right in the same path. Did, did you ever, um, do you remember Commonwealth Records? That was a thing for, like, maybe four oh, years. Oh, yeah, Drew Garrity. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Drew. Rest in peace. Yeah. Drew Garrity, man. We actually worked together. He worked at Amalgam for a time. Okay, he was. I know Drew. I knew Drew very well, man. Yeah, he was a good dude to me, man. He when I had I had like a little little two song single I put together and I sent it to him. I said I really want you to sign me, man. I want to, you know, I want to like I'll open up for Clockworks. I don't know if you remember Clockworks, but like they were like okay, a, cool. they were great live. And uh, I'm like I, I'll open up for them. Like it would be a good thing. He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, it sounds good. And I, he's like, let's do this. And I was like, all right, cool. And like I didn't know what to do after that. I'm like, all right, so. <laughs> Yeah. So like, what do you, what do we do? You know, and then like I would call him, and he wouldn't call me back, and I'm like, all right. So I was like running around for any of the states, and everybody, I got signed, and uh, it never actually happened because I didn't even know what the fuck getting signed meant. I, <laughs> I just yeah. I just heard a lot of rappers talk about it, you know. Um, but, you know, it's, it's funny back then, like you had to get signed to. It's almost like getting on a like Babylon now. It's like, yo, I just got signed to Babylon. So like, yeah, it's, it's like, so similar, it's like bro. Getting signed to Brick Records in nineteen nineteen ninety nine or whatever, you know. It's like, yeah, you know, like back then, like you kind of had to sign in order to be like, oh, this guy's really doing it himself. Like if there was like a, I remember like you'd see like some dude trying to put out his own records and be like trying to be a Jay Z. Like, dude, there's so many whack rappers in the early 2000s, like, yeah. trying to emulate somebody, and they'd be like, yo, get my man, and my man would be like, Dame Dash, and I'll be like, Jay, and we'll, like, make this, like, <laughs> like, uh, like, hard knock records or whatever. Like, you know, like, something yep. so corny. It was like, they always put entertainment yep. into, it would be like, hard knock entertainment. Like, yep. it was always just, like, the worst shit ever. You know I was, I mean? I was like, 100% one of them. I was, <laughs> I was, um, yeah, but, 
No, no, I just, I just, I, I, emu, I wanted to just be an owner, and yeah. And, yeah. and and I wanted to be an artist who does nothing and just smokes pot and makes music all day. Like I, I always had. I was always getting quartered. I had four horses pulling four different directions all the time. Yep. That's like been my biggest problem in my life. <laughs> like as far as like attaining success on any level. Right. So it's like, I, I wanted, I had this thing called new East records that I was putting together and I spent so much time. I spent like a year making a logo. You know what I mean? Like I just didn't, I didn't have what it took. Like I just wanted to say I own a record label. Cause at that time you could make, a card that said New East Records CEO and people were like, oh shit, you know? <laughs> and, there, and then I realized I'm just doing what everybody else is doing and this isn't going to work. Like, I just want to make music and I just want to like cut hair, you know, that's all I want to do. Like, so, and that's kind of what it's boiled down to now. I mean, I still, I don't like record songs, but like I still write, I still make beats, you know what I mean? Like, and I do it for therapy, you know, but, um, Get, get, getting back to the current state of things, like it is really exciting. All the new music that's that's coming out. Did you hear about um, Fred the Godson passed away today? Coronavirus, huh? Yeah, brutal. That really happened. That's that, too bad. That dude's not. He couldn't have been that old. He's, I don't even think he's thirty, bro. Like I don't oh, know. Wow, I didn't really think that young. I don't. I don't. I didn't catch his age, but I had the way I understood it was that he was he was like pretty young. So that's too bad. Yeah, man, that's just sad. And uh, you know, I've seen everybody post about it. It's just like, cause you know, I I like this music. I didn't, you know, I wasn't like, ooh, you got to check out the new Fred joint. But um, I, I this just sucks. Like, man, does it come up? But you know, I I think that the way hip hop is going right now is that we have such a level playing field and, you know, to bring Gary V back into it, you know, he always talks about the market decides whether or not it's good. And that's a yeah. good thing, you know? And I think that's where we're at. I think it's, there's a lot of stuff that comes out and not all of it's great, you know, but, um, hit, hit me with some, hit me with some randoms that you would, that probably nobody really else listens to that you really like, or maybe nobody knows about yet. New or old new stuff. Anything. Yeah. Just, just. I, I like this kid. Uh, I don't know exactly where he's from. This kid, Rome Street. Yeah. That I just got put onto is is dope. Yep. Uh, let's see what else. I think it's some old records that maybe went under the radar a little bit. See, I like weird stuff. Yeah. I like, like you know, the funny thing is, is like Prodigy is probably my favorite rapper of all time. Nice. And he's all, but I also like Doom. I like people that are like characters, you know. So yeah. I might have flown under the radar. Good album. People just slept on. Like a weirdo album. Oh, I like Droog. I, I do like your old Droog. I thought yeah. that jewelry record was good. But I think that um, it got a lot of press when it came out that first week, and then it kind of like flew back under the radar because there was so much coming out. I'm just taking yeah. a look through my... Through He's my nasty. Right now and see. I, I like him a lot. And you know what's funny is I realized the other day like how many like white rappers I listened to, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. Like, I never really like based anything on race at all. But like yeah. I started really like I like almost everybody that I would like share is like if not white, real light skin looks a lot like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like yeah. I, I wonder <laughs> I guess I'm just kinda wondering my own psyche on that. But um I love Droog. I love Nems, Gorilla Nems. 
I don't. I gotta think... listen to that album still. <sighs> Gorilla Monsoon. Just listen to that. It's just like hardcore beats, man, and it's like <laughs> he's just like real masculine. He, he did. A, you remember China Mac? Yes, he's he, incredible. He he did he did a song with China Mac called Gorilla Mac, and if you just listen to that, you just go go watch the video. They like they like shoot it Gorilla style. Like they walk in on Burger King and just sit down at random people's tables and start <laughs> like rapping, <laughs> and uh, it's yeah, you know, his lyrics on that. It's just. It's just so masculine and like fuck you that like that's I'm like yes thank you he's not worried about offending anybody he he's just saying what he thinks and you can like it and if you don't like it that's all right you don't have to like it you know but yeah. uh, what about um Chris Crack you ever listen to that dude I have not listened to Chris Crack so I'm, I'm gonna put you on a Chris <laughs> Crack <laughs> I'm gonna put you on a Chris Crack bro you got it. But um no, Chris Crack, I found him from Droog's album, that um Pax album. I was like I'm like, who who is this dude, Chris Crack? I never heard of this dude and he's got a shitload of albums. Like, he got like ten albums. Um that's the best thing like when a dude will like pop up and you don't it's like some super obscure dude. Yeah. It's like he's on one one record. Oh, you know what's a good This is the best bug out record ever. Quasimodo the Unseen. That's older. Okay, yeah, yeah. But that's—I want to make sure we mention that one because that's an album that I go back to a lot, even though it's weird. Um, what did you think of that Stove God Cooks album? I actually really liked it, man. I was uh, my man Kill. He, he um, I do his podcast every once in a while. Um, he's a hip hop fanatic, man. Um, he's produced stuff for like MOP and like um, some other big names, oh, wow. Matthew Regazano, Regazano, however you say his name, Regazano. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He, he he's uh he's good. Um, he he had posted that it's his favorite album this year. It's the best album this year, and I didn't think it lived up to that. But when he said, like, I, this man's opinion, like, he is the source to me. Like, if he says it's four mics, five mics, I'm checking it. You know what I mean? Like, and okay. and so so um, I, I listened to it actually a couple nights ago when I was just kind of cleaning up my basement. I was like, this is actually really good. It reminds me of because I wasn't a huge Nipsey Nipsey Hustle fan, um, but it reminds me of him with more lyrical. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like really smart street shit. And it's like really, it's kind of funny when you hear what he's saying. He's like, oh, that's pretty funny. So I, I do like him. I never heard of the man. I thought it was like an alias. I thought it was like uh rock. Marcy's like, like Quasimodo's uh, is Madlib. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. I thought it was like that. Yeah. He's got like, he's got like no social media really either. Yeah. Oh like his, <laughs> you can always tell him like on Spotify when you go down the bottom and it's like, has zero like information there. It's like, it's like, his 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 profile picture is the picture of the album, and like that's it, you know. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I like. I mean, the thing I like about Matt Homme is he has no social media. There's the Matt Homme page band, fan page. Oh my god, <laughs> Matt Homme fan page, and then like you know, you always see him with Drew, but you still don't know what he looks like. Yeah, and like six months ago, nobody had any idea. There was like nothing. He was just putting out music. Yeah. Doesn't do interviews. He has like two interviews and he's like very rude to the people that interview him. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's like only print. I, I like this. I, I like that. I like that Stove God Cook isn't really out there and accessible to the public. Yes. And this this is what I'm talking like about. How other dudes, I like how other dudes are just super out there and accessible to the public. Right. It's not like a, um, I'm out here, but I'm not accessible. So right. I, I kind of like that. Like, um, I, like one thing I really liked was, uh, I like how Alchemist has been going live a lot lately. Yep. I like um, the sound quality was kind of tough, but the the Rizzo versus Premier thing was sick. Like 
you know, like yeah. So we this coronavirus thing has been good for like hip hop in a way. It's kind of like well, that's yeah. yeah. I was trying to explain it to my sons. They don't. They're too young to know. But like, like, like Large Professor. Lord Finesse are two of my all-time favorite rap dudes. Yeah. They're just I love Lord Finesse, man. I love all his albums. I love all his beats. He's just phenomenal to me. He's he's like who I want to be in hip hop, right? But he goes live every night and just DJs. So does Tony Touch. These are dudes that I only read about, could see pictures of randomly that were like three months old. You know what I mean? Like, and now they're like in my living room, in my hand. I'm watching them, and I could talk to them if I wanted to. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's a we're in a weird time, man. It's cool. Um, excuse me. Getting back to um to to artists though that that maybe people don't know. Um, you and I have both been on pretty heavies. That dude, the God Fahim. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like Drew. Uh, that homie's right in, man. There, yeah, you go. He, I like him a lot, man. He he puts out a lot of music too. I'm like, how he put out like four albums in the past like four months. Like it's, it's it's a little much. It's a little. It's like almost overkill. Like the same thing with Flea. Like I love Flea Lord, but it's like, eh, this last album, it's pretty good. I don't know if you needed to do it. <laughs> you know, like Zelda kind of does the same thing too, where they're putting out like too much. Yeah, like, you get one Rock Marciano album a year if you're lucky. Yeah, like the fact that he that he produced that whole Soul God Cook album is crazy to me because that's just not what he does. Yeah, well, that's kind of cool though. I mean, it gave him. A, it, it definitely was a new. The only reason I listened to it though is because he presented it honestly, and that well that's yeah, not true. But my man Kill said it was good too, so I had to check it out. But um, all right, I'll give you two more artists that you need to check. And this is funny, just talking about promoting a lot of white rappers, and like I just never have done that in the past. But um, this dude from somewhere in Sweden, or I forget where he's from, somewhere in Europe, Ivan Av. Highly recommend okay. I, Ivan F. And if you're gonna start, start. That sounds like a reach, but uh, but if you recommend it, st- I, dude, I thought I had no. Telling me to check out a white European rapper. That's yeah, a, that's, that's a tough sell for me. Just <laughs> start with the album called Fruitful. It came out like I think 2017-ish, maybe. Um, and then um, Danielson. I, I, I'm sure you've heard him on some level. He's been on random things here or there. Um, you wanna know how I know who he is because he did songs with my boy Nabo. <clears throat> oh, he did. Yeah, Nabo did a bunch of stuff with Diallo Point. Oh, and uh, somebody else, another one of those guys. I, I think those guys are from Canada. Yeah, they're all from Toronto. And yeah, then <clears throat> I believe Nabo might have actually done a song with Daniel Funk. Yeah, he's nasty. He, he, yeah. he, he's a guy that like, you know, I just didn't know. I, I just went off of lyrics and then like, you see a picture like, oh, dude's white. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of tell when they're not dropping the N word a lot, you know, but, um, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I just like his whole, his whole thing. Like he's just kind of finding his own lane and making his own thing. Um, but let's Are talk, you, let's talk, let's, let's talk about one more white rapper. Yeah. You a Bronson guy? I am. Yeah. I love him. I, 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 I like, there was a couple of times I was getting ready to be like, ah, that's, that's probably going to be the last one. And then, like, White Bronco and that Lamb Over Rice album were both dope. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I was Blue Chips, I'm like, mm, nah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I was telling, like, every song is so structurally the same. Like, okay, you're going to talk about, you're going to make a ridiculous um, claim of your strength, and then you're going to talk about a, a, a gymnastic-type move in or out of a rare car. 
That's what it's like. Yeah. That's like his whole thing. Like pile drive uh, a Mack truck while whilst you know doing a, a Perowitz into a, a mustard sob. You know, like you know. I can't remember if it was like on live. Oh, he was like talking to Mike Tyson about like smoking DMT two days ago <laughs> on like a live podcast, and then he he just did some like. Long article for GQ where he wrote all the stuff he's been cooking since the quarantine started. And it's like insane. It, it just, <laughs> it's like insane. He's I, talking about how he's been making bread and like all this shit. Yeah. I, I can't believe this lasted this long for him and like how much he's done. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. He, he's just a really good rapper though. Like he's like really nasty. And like, you know, um, I think, I, I think I lost like after that. I think that Blue Chips out. I think it was, is it called Blue Chips? I can't remember what it's called. It's, it was like Blue Chips 3000 or something. Yeah, that, that album, I was like, eh, it's all right. But is, yeah. Is that the one that had that Baby Boy song on it? No, that was Mr. Wonderful. No, that, that was, album was a little up and down. Game. I, I liked that album because it was all over the place and I thought it was very creative. Um, it wasn't like the Mr. Like Lecter stuff. You know? Yeah, he's got those songs where he's like singing on them and stuff. Yeah. And then he had Easy Rider at the end. I don't know. He's good. I, I like him. I do. I do like him. But uh, I, it's it's crazy to me that he's lasted this long. Yeah, he's got like a ten a ten year run now, probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember seeing him on the Underground Hip Hop dot com videos and stuff, like going around and like I, I don't know. Like I remember seeing this like white rapper named Action Bronson. Like that's a cool name. And then yeah. I remember seeing him going around and trying steak tips somewhere. I'm like, that's a pretty that's interesting. Maybe I should make a video myself, like just doing random shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so, and uh, but he he's always comes with the lyrics. I mean, he's he's he can spit. And you know, he kind of lasted through a lot of people trying to be drill rappers and like trap rappers, and never went that route. Yeah, true. True. He could have done that, but then that probably would have killed his career. So yeah, you know. No, nah, I think what I think what almost could have killed him is just over like saturation. Like, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the two shows on on Vice was a mistake in my opinion. But you know, if if I'm him and somebody said do the show and then also do this show where you literally just do nothing, like yeah, I'll take that money. You know, like yeah, I, I would he had do it. Three shows. He had three shows at one point. He had Buck That's Delicious, he had Ancient Aliens, and then he had the talk show that Vice canceled. Oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, it only it only lasted like. Uh, he was, dude, he was putting the talk show out every single day. It was, it was insane. <laughs> it was like, he was just drunk the whole time. Yeah, that's, it, that's it was a like much. nuts. And he, it, it was pretty interesting. He had Rock Marcy on it, though, so I like that. And, like, the guests would just stay for the whole show and just be, like, ripping wine and, like, beers and, like, people are cooking. And you have, like, a, you had, like, a live band. <laughs> it was, it was pretty nuts. I got to see if I can find those on YouTube, man. That's very interesting. That's I forget the name of the show. I wish I could remember it. It was, and then they big canned it. But he was just drunk the whole time. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, there's a limit, right? So it just, I feel like he kind of like knew he was hitting it, and like then that Lamb Over Rice album is superior. Uh, I'll give it, you know, very good. You know, I'll give it. Well, it I, I gotta say, <clears throat> I think Alchemist is the, is the best producer ever in terms of like longevity. He's he, never fallen off, and he just keeps. He should be out of reach by now. You know that's that's the thing that's crazy about about him is that like how do I word this? Okay, like Premier, like like in the in the in the mid nineties, late nineties, 
no, let's say like early 2000s, Jay-Z, 50 Cent, everybody's coming with the, with the Nas, but they always went to Preem for the street record. You know what I mean? Right. They, they always had that, like, to, to keep them, like, authentic with the backpackers and underground writer dudes, you know? Um, Alchemist has been able to work with all different people on all different levels and not really had to be the guy that you go to to get this. He just has right. such... And that's such an interesting thing to me. Like, Dre, to me, is probably the best producer of all time just because of status, like, the quality of it and like the amount of hits and like the people he's brought out. Like, I mean, he brought out Snoop, you know what I mean? Like he, he didn't introduce right. me to Eminem, but he introduced the world to Eminem, you know? Um, you know, like, I don't know. Um, so, so I look at it like he, but Alchemist just, he continues to amaze me and, uh, just kind of going off on a tangent a little bit here. If you, I just went on a nut, nutso rant with him one night on uh, on YouTube, just like watching all these Alchemist videos. And this video is from when he was like producing stuff for like, um, like um, uh, the H and I C album, like during that yeah. era. And he's like a real cocky asshole. <laughs> like he's like, yeah, I, I, I think I know the exact video you're talking about. He's like driving around in a Rolls Royce. Yeah, like on the phone, like yelling at people, and like yeah, big T-shirt. Yeah, and then there's. And then there's the videos now, like, where he's, like, talking just, like, the peaceful routine of, like, waking up, smoking, finding records, making beats. And um, then there's a video that somebody captured and put out where he actually has the sample from Hold You Down on that um, First Infantry album, the big, that big, that's, like, one of my favorite songs Prodigy ever did. Yeah. Um, with Nina Sky. And where he found it and, like, twist. Like, she's saying, like, hold, she's not saying hold me down. She's, like, saying, like, she's saying something else. And he like he like flipped it and like Prodigy's like yeah yeah and like you can see him going through it and Prodigy like puts his verse over it over the drums and they're like yeah yeah this is gonna be it this is gonna be good <laughs> you know and it's like wow to see that magic happen he's been there man but you know he he was part of the hooligans which I love the hooligans because they were like little kid rappers and I wanted to be a rapper and I was a kid you know yeah and uh, again didn't know they were white had no idea you know. And, and then, then to find out it was actually him and Scott Kahn, the kid from <laughs> Entourage and Hawaii Five O and all that stuff is in uh, Ocean's Eleven. Like, did you know all that? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Did, you, did you watch that LA Originals documentary? That yes. Ah oh, man, that was in my notes. So we just haven't got to it, man. Yes. Oh okay, yeah, that, and that was incredible because it was like uh, I'm watching it with my wife, and uh, I was hyped on this because cartoons a guy. That I've always like admired, yeah. and um, and then they started showing Alchemist, and and then they showed, and I was like, yeah, I used to be in a group, and I was like, do you know who that is? And uh, when Scott Con came, I was like, Scott Con, like I was like, yeah, you know, like <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's great. you know, it's so funny because I kind of knew it was coming, but I wasn't sure if they could get him in a documentary, and then they did. Yeah, and 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 he had a pretty poignant speech. I thought he was on point with what he was saying. You know, like it is. The thing that thing that was so dope about that is that I I witnessed that era through magazines, like that's how I witnessed hip hop yes. for years was through magazines and through Estevan's books and like my boy Jesse, shout out to Jesse Man Bain. He 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 really. If I didn't meet him, I probably wouldn't be as into hip hop because his parents let him buy whatever he wanted to buy, like lyrically, like it didn't matter for swears or whatever. And and um, we started doing graffiti together when we were younger, and we started rapping together, and I went straight with the rap and he went straight with the graph and he's still 
I don't know if he gets out on bombs now. I mean, we're 40 something years old, but, um, you know, up until very recently, he still was out there and living that culture. And, um, he, he was like, like, he's the one who showed me Cypress Hills tape for the first time, the first Cypress Hill album. And, yeah, oh man. And we were just listening to that in his, in his house. And, and he, and he's the first person I smoke weed with. And, you know, he was, you know, it was just like, we were witnessing that thing happen that that video was about through magazines, like three months after things were happening. Right. <laughs> like right. <laughs> through the source and through other magazines, you, you'd hear about this thing that happened on tour with Cypress Hill and, you know, this, this photographer, or, you know, it, it just, the whole Chicano tribal graffiti slash hip hop slash street thing going on. Just, writer yeah. Shit, like, Oh, it's so sad. He just got it right. Their aesthetic was really good. Yeah, it was just, and and I just like Estevan's style because he was not about himself. He was about doing what was right at the time, and he had his principles, yeah. you know. And I didn't know that about him until I watched the documentary. But you know, what I ended up checking out the other night was that that kid. Um, um, ah man, what's the dude with the tattoos on his face? That's in the. It, it, it's on. He's a rapper. Um, oh, Baldacci, the beat. Ba- Baldacci, yeah. He's actually pretty good, man. I, I was I was surprised. I haven't listened to his music yet. It's actually pretty damn good. It's got that that West Coast kind of slap to it, you know, like the <laughs> yeah, the bass heavy, like Parliament driven kind of stuff. But yeah, I actually I actually was pretty impressed. He's got this one song in there called like a hundred bars or something, which is just an over out, played out concept. But that I wouldn't start with that because it's the same rhyme scheme for like literally like eight minutes. Um, yeah, but, um, but like his stuff that I was hearing, like just he's a good follow on Instagram anyway. Um, but yeah, man, that's that was incredible time in hip hop, and to see what they were doing um, as far as being that close to Skid Row and, and the street dudes that they were just treating like normal people, man. You know, that's crazy. They, they weren't like, "Oh, you're a drug addict, get away from me." They were like, "Yo, you you good? <laughs> like, what do you, what do you need?" Like. It's just, uh, I, I love it, man. Hip hop. Car- cartoon is the reason that I never got color tattoos. Really? Because I, I had wanted that style of tattoos going back to like the early 2000s when they were kind of popping off when I started getting more tattoos. But no one was doing that style out here at the time. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll just get black and gray. And then it kind of worked out in the long run anyway because the style that I kind of gravitated more towards um, is more traditional anyway, but yeah, he was kind of my jumping off point. You, you want to hear a good? You want to hear a good story? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so it was like my second or third year at Northeastern. We were doing the radio show, and it was Mob Deep was on a promo tour for the American Nightmare album. So whoever was running the urban department at the time, it wasn't me. Set up a set up a meet and greet with Mob Deep. So they they came. The whole mob came. Nice. And my buddy, do you remember the guys? There was a rap group called Ball Club from Brockton. Mm. Riminal and Higgins. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were on. Oh, um, yeah, they, they were on that uh, PTU album, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Scummerville and Brocky. Yeah, those guys yeah, are good. So I, I called them. They they came up, and we were all just hanging out. So Mom Deep shows up. I said, you know, it's funny because Haggard was uh being super nice and super accommodating to everybody and Prodigy was acting like couldn't be bothered. I realized later on it's because Prodigy used to get really sick from sickle cell mm. and he was just having an awful day. He wasn't like rude, but he just wasn't 
But he was kind of like, he didn't have a reputation for being like Mr. Friendly anyway. Right. But it was at the point where Havoc was like super like over a comic. Like Havoc was very polite. And, you know, like the, a bunch of them just made their way into the office and they were just hanging out, like kind of like trying to get out of the way and they weren't bad. But the, uh, you know, the station manager was like, yo, go hang out in there with them. I'm like, all right, no problem. So I'm in there and they're just, they're cool. They're just talking and, and chatting with me. And That's then, awesome. Uh, Somebody comes in, they're like, yo, Noid, are you good? And I'm like, oh, shit, you're Noid? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh, nice to meet you, dude. I, I love your music. And he was trying to talk to Big Noid for like 10 minutes before I even knew it was Noid. <laughs> so oh, man. And I was like, yo, when's your album? I go, when are you going to put out an album? He goes, bro, if I can stay out of jail long enough, I'll put it out. <laughs> that was exactly what he said to me. Oh, my God. Um, so, yo, this, this comes full circle. So... Um, some dude from Law Records is there and he's got fresh sleeve of tattoos and I was like did Cartoon do those tattoos and he's like yeah I go I saw that in the source because the source did a big two or three page spread on Cartoon's tattoos nice and I was like dude I saw your art and the tattoo were crazy and then meanwhile Alchemist decides he's had enough he goes out goes back to the tour bus and then the dudes from Brockton went out and were listening to him and we were outside and we were just like listening to him make beats on the tour bus and we're oh like, my oh, god! You know, we're like more excited to meet you than like my beef. And he was like, "Yo, I'm just surprised anybody knows who I am. It's cool to meet you guys." Wow! <laughs> that was a wild hip hop day. Wow, man, you got great stories. I don't have those yeah, stories. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got some. I got some stupid hip hop. Hey, it's the right time to you know, great time, right? Yeah, for sure. No, I mean that's that's kind of who you are, bro. I mean that's like you're very. That's why your podcast is going to be awesome because you know so many people because you're not afraid to talk to people and your um, people like talking to you, so they will open up to you and it's going to be great for you, man. Um, Thanks, man. So 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 didn't Static ended up becoming Noid's DJ for a while? Big, yeah, for a little while, like like a tour or something, and then I think he got in trouble again or something. But he had that one album. You had that one album. It was pretty good. I forget the name of it, but yeah. it was it was actually all right, man. I want to say it was like I was still living with my parents. It was probably like ninety seven. No, 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 no. Maybe it was that was the that was the episodes of a hustler EP. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So it wasn't that. It was something after that because it was when I was actually okay. I was cutting hair full time. No, I can't. Jeez, I'm, my memory's all fogged out now. But um, I remember Static had the Crates Record Store on Tremont Street. Yep. And I went right to now, go um, Capitol Square. Yes. And there's a donut shop over there now. That's pretty good. And uh, <laughs> um, I had gone down there because at the time, I had given up the New East Records thing, and I was working with these kids from Framingham. It was something called IVS Entertainment. Again, another entertainment thing. And we were <laughs> we, we, we were putting out this kid's um, uh, Fat Cat and this kid Najee. I forget his name, his rap name, but they were, I mean, yo, this stuff was nasty. I wish I still had copies of it. I wonder if my man Ryan still has copies. I have to hit him up. Um, it was just really good. And so I went down there and I was like, like, how do we get this? If we put up a bunch of CDs, how do we get it in your store? You know what I mean? And he was like, oh, you know, just hit me up. Let me let me hear it. Hit me up. And so I was talking to Static for a little bit because I was kind of like the director of promotion or whatever I wanted to fake-ass call myself. Um, and so I wish I had kept in touch with him. You know what I mean? Because... You know, it's yeah. like look, look, look where he is now. Like everything he puts out, I really enjoy. It's it's like meat and potatoes hip hop. Like it's very much in a grid, but it's like what I love. You know, like it, who would have thought that? Not not to say that he didn't have the talent, but like who 
who would have thought that that guy was like gonna get to the level that he's at now? Like, oh man, just like a relentless work ethic. That's what it is. You know what I mean? Like, just it, you know, good dude. You know, he was. At, I knew him. I didn't know him very well, but I knew him a little bit. He was always cool and like he hit me back even when he was on like serious. Yeah, you know, like you, you know, like always cool, you know. So it's just, just interesting, man, to see like that that dude like left Boston, went to New York, and like blew up. Yeah, meanwhile he like, kind of he brought yeah, he brought Action Bronson out a little bit. You know what I mean? Like he yeah, definitely. He, he brought Joey Badass out a little bit. You know, like these guys are already doing yep. their thing, but he just gave them like a great platform. And uh, terminology I always liked. I've never there's not been a terminology album that I didn't like. You know, um, yeah. Term was a Boston guy, and and, and they stayed together, and, and like they put out great music. And now he's put out other dudes like um, UFO Fieve. I was telling you about a couple weeks ago. You got to check his album. He did. Yep. It's called uh, Fresh Air with, with Static. It's so good. And um, who's the other guy? Man, I got shoot. Let's see if I can. He did a bunch of beats on a new Two Chains album. Did he really? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm not a Two Chains guy. I've never pressed play on one of his songs ever. <laughs> no, he, he, I actually like him. He's got. Um, I know a lot of people he's do. Not, like, my favorite, but like, yo, he can actually rap. Like, if he was actually, he's one of those guys. Like, he's an Atlanta guy, but he's like an older Atlanta guy. Right. Like, he's got to be well into his forties because he doesn't rap like he's like a 23 year old kid. Like, yeah. he's got lyrics. Like, he's not a mumble rapper at all. So. You know, I actually, you know, he's not my favorite rapper, but if he comes out with a new record, I'll listen to it for sure. Okay, well, you know? maybe I'll check it out, man. I, th- there's a lot of artists that I just never, like, like I never liked Chance the Rapper. Like, I don't nothing against him. Uh, I just never liked his music. I never liked Drake. I never pressed play on a Drake no. song ever in my life. I've never pressed play on a lot of these rappers. A lot, you know, like the baby. Everybody's talking about the baby. Put out an album. Like who? Like I know, I know, baby yeah. from Cash Money. Are you talking about that? Like, no, nope, talking about the baby. Oh, okay, no, nope, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm not. We gave we gave the babies like two of his mixtapes and run last year, but it's already like over. Yeah, I just it was, it was good for it was entertaining for a couple of months. I mean, yeah, yeah, he he's he, fine. What's your favorite album this year? And I, and I say favorite because I don't think if I say the best album. That's really up for discussion. But what's your favorite album that's come out this year? Let's see. Let's take a look. I mean, it came out at the end of last year, but Marcio Lago yeah. was was probably my favorite. Like, what else? Oh, this year? Did the Danny Brown album come out this year or was it the end of last year? Who was it? That Danny Brown. A bunch of really good stuff came out at the very end of last year. Yeah. Like uh, the Danny Brown, you know what I'm saying? Album that album's really good. Um, God, for for this year, for stuff that's actually come out this year, I'd have to say, let's see, just looking right here, probably that Boldy James album, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna listen to that Stove God album more, and I'm thinking that that's gonna actually really grow on me. And yeah, then, uh, it's solid. Yeah, but I, I have to say, you know, because it's not really, it came out at the very end of last year. Marcio Lago is like a masterpiece to me, a rock Marciano album. Nice. I fucking love that record. I like, I like that word, yeah. masterpiece. You know what I mean? To you, because it's, yeah. it's, it's in the eye of the behold. This is art at the end of the day. And, and I feel like you can't judge art. Like, you can't, like, rank art. You know what I mean? Like right. you, you can judge it, but you can't rank it. Like, but my my favorite album this year, I think, is the best album that has come out. Be- as and I mean, an album, you know, beginning to end album. 
uh, is that that Royce the Five Nine, the Allegory album, is. I gotta listen to that. You know what's funny? I've never been a huge Royce guy. Same, same. I don't. His last album, The Book of Ryan, made me a Royce the Five Nine fan again. I was a fan like in the Bad and Evil days, and like you know ninety eight. Right. When he came out with him. Um, and then all that. You're just a tough spitter. I like that. But like this, that that Book of Ryan was like a great, just, it was like I was watching a movie, man. There's like a, a, a beginning to end. There's a middle, you know, there's a, <laughs> there's progression and things. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's the same. It's, this album's the same. There's, there's a lot of different types of beats. The stuff that he says, the way he rhymes things is very unorthodox and just makes me excited. Like, I think you could do that, but you did that. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I, I wish, uh, I, I've been really bad about remembering lyrics. I, you know what it is? I listen to so much different hip hop now, it's really hard for me to, like, quote it anymore. It's, you know? it's tough to find the time to absorb an album because you don't have the downtime that you have when you're young. Right, like, and and there's just something new tomorrow, so I'm just gonna listen to that now. You know what right. I mean? Like I, there's, all, there's there's almost a little too much stuff coming out right now. Yeah, there's like I I get like content overload. <laughs> right, between, I get like anxiety. Between yeah, between podcasts, I'm kind of new rappers like weekly, and yeah. then like a like and then if if Rock drops an album or like Conway, that's gonna take precedence over anything else. So then I'm gonna miss two or three new albums because right. I was listening to that Rock album. Right. And then I'm going to talk to you and find out that there's five new rappers I hadn't heard of. I'm going to talk to Steven in New Jersey, and he's going to put me on to, like, five new rappers. And then I'm going to be like, shit, I'm so freaking behind. And I'm still looking at the still God Cook, and that's, like, ancient at this point. It came about three weeks ago during the quarantine. So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's, dude, it's, it's too much. It's like, I... It was almost better when we were younger and everything just came out and you had to go to the store to buy it. And it would be like, oh, I'll buy this one this week and then next week I'll buy that one. Or you buy it and I'm afraid. Right. And now it's like just so much comes out. It becomes kind of disposable. It's it, well, it really does. It's exposed to so much shit. But then it's it's so disposable because it's like, I have to really have to pay for this. Like, if it's not good, I'll never listen to it again. You know, so. Right. And, that, and that's, so you get like, uh, you know, I think what I love about Spotify is like, so like this, um, like the new Flea Lord came out a couple of weeks ago, and like there's a couple of it's it's like oh with this other dude Chase Fetty, which is he's actually pretty good. Um, I don't really like his name, but um, nah. you know th- there's a couple of songs that I'm like oh these are really dope, and so I have this like playlist that I just save stuff to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I have a couple of different playlists. I'll just say like you know th- th- this is good. So so I got the good songs off of that. Oh another dude is Graf man. Graf is killing it. Like he's been around forever. I've never heard of him. <laughs> Graf was around back when I was doing college radio because my friend Candace was from Queens and I actually knew him. And she used to talk to me about Graf. And I used to think he was cool because he spelled his name funny. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's cool. And now he's, he's like back and killing it. He was like gone for a long time. And now he's on like his, his like little comeback, which I think is really cool. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, I, li- I like him yeah. a lot, man. Graf has been around since probably 2000. I've heard of him probably back in like 2003. Wow. Okay. 2003, 2004. Like, yeah, like around that. I'd have to ask. I actually, he popped up on like a, um, dude, I, I want to say he was on a reality show like last year. Oh, okay. Like, like a love and hip hop or something. And I messaged my friend and I was like, yo, isn't this your boy from when we were in college? And she's like, wow, you're a crazy memory. <laughs> so yeah, like he's been around. 
No, that's I've been checking him out, man. I like his lyrics. He did a song with Benny. Um, came out probably in the summer, last summer, and then like his album's out now. It's pretty good. But again, yeah, it's like you know I can listen to it about one time through while I'm you know cleaning my truck or you know like I'll some like I'm in my little lab right now and I'll, sometimes at night I'll come down here and you know smoke a little and just listen to music and hang out and you know it's fun. Uh, so. Yeah. Good. Well, we're like at an hour and seventeen minutes, bro. This is, yeah, this yeah, is a- <laughs> we can do it. We can, we'll have to do a part two on that. Sure. <laughs> I'm coughing. It's been a long day. You know what's funny? I don't like coughing right now. I was out out in the yard all day, just you know, bring, you know, raking it and doing stuff, doing yard work, and that gets that gets in my lungs, and I start coughing. But it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm so afraid to cough right now in front of people. Like, oh, oh my god, <laughs> you know. But um, yeah, well, it's a good thing this is over the phone, I guess. So, so, so I'm gonna check out some Two Chains, some Danny Brown, some people I just have never pressed play on, and you're gonna check out Ivan Av and uh, some yeah. other. Oh, Juju Rogers, another guy I was gonna say. Juju Rogers is another cat that I've been listening to heavy. Um, he's uh, he's he's from New Orleans, but he's like an army brat too. So it's like I think his mom's German and his dad's from New Orleans, or vice versa. And uh, he's got some. I don't know how to describe it. Like it's like fun, relaxed, like tribe called quest kind of vibe, but a little political oh, too. No. You know? Well, the era that we're in calls for it. Um yeah, with Danny Brown, the triple X album, that new one, you know what I'm saying, is good. He's got an album before Triple X called The Hybrid. He's got a couple albums in between like old and atrocity exhibition that some of the songs get a little too EDM, but they have a lot of good content. So start with that, you know what I'm saying, and uh, Triple X, and right. then work your way through the other ones. You'll find the gems, what and then you skip over the songs that are like party songs. All right. But I think Q-Tip actually executive produced the new record, so it's good. It's who, really good. Who, who is? Uh, Q-Tip executive produced the new record, I, I believe. That's okay. what I was told. All right. So you'll, you'll like it. Yeah, I'll check it out, man. All right, cool. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna have to end. Even though we'll have to do, we'll just have to do one of these. We just gotta, we just gotta figure out a schedule to to do this because yeah. it's yeah. Like, we'll just keep, we'll just keep doing them. Why yeah, <laughs> it's just too much fun. <laughs> yeah, man. It gets me out of my wife's hair for an hour too, so I'm sure she appreciates it. <laughs> yeah, my my wife. Um, my wife's when I when I just came down here, she was asleep on the couch already. I was like, oh, all right, perfect timing. You know. Yeah. <laughs> been a long, been a long, weird couple of days, man. We're trying to figure yeah. everything out with unemployment, all that stuff. So, uh, but we're good. All right, homie. Well, I'll I'll put in the notes um, where people can find you. Um, Beautiful. And uh, I just appreciate the conversation, man. Thank you so much, man. It's always a pleasure. Love coming on here. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good night, man. You too. Peace. All right, bye.